The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Michael Kist. Are you caught me not listening again? Benjamin Solak. You never listen. It's the Kist and Solak Show. Presented by SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. You are flying high on the Kist and Solak Show. This is episode 113, brought to you by the fine folk at SB Nation and Bleeding Green Nation. I am your host, Michael Kist. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Kist NFL. That's K-I-S-T. As always, joined by the best doggone co-host in the game, Mr. Nine-Year Streak Without a Bad Day. Follow his work for the draftnetwork.com. Follow him on Twitter at Benjamin Solak. That's S-O-L-A-K. Hello. Ben. Week four preseason action. How many ammonium poppers did you run through during this game? I mean, I'll be honest with you. As the first weekend of college football, I had multiple bad college football games on the TV, as well as this bad football game in the professional league. And all of it was not great, but I enjoyed it because it was live football. And some of it actually mattered. And that, Michael, in and of itself is a very good thing. Yeah, we got to see some Clemson. Chip Kelly is losing right now. I have that on in the background. But tonight or this morning, whenever you're hearing this, gentle listener, we're going to talk about takeaways from the preseason game with the Eagles going up against the Jets in a thrilling 0-6 to loss. We're also going to talk about some Jadavion Clowney trade rumors, and then we'll get into some roster predictions as there's a few spots up for grabs before the final cutdown Saturday, 4 p.m. I think my biggest takeaway from this thing, Deshaun Hall, man. Winner of the Deshaun Hall of Fame preseason award that I just created just now for excellence in preseason performance. He continues to shine, had a strip sack tonight, and overall played well. Instead of talking roster predictions right now because he's making this team, I think we can talk about the fact that I think he's solidified himself as the fourth edge rusher on this team and will get first crack at those reps when the season starts two Sundays from now. What about you, Ben? Do you agree with that? Well, I think he's a lock for the roster. I think that edge four, in terms of how who he divides snaps, Josh Sweat and Deshaun Hall when it comes to the regular season, I don't think that's decided just yet, to be honest. I think that's something you'll figure out more in the regular season. Mm-hmm. We got to remember that these guys are going up against significantly worse uh, talent than they are. Like the Eagles third team defensive line was just <laughs> obliterating. I mean, yeah. obliterating, embarrassing yeah. uh, the, the Jets third team offensive line. The depth on their defensive line is is unbelievable. And so these guys, Deshaun Hall, Josh Sweat, better than the players they were facing. It's going to be interesting to watch and see what they are uh, against ones when, when they're in the rotation. Hall has, has, has every game played better and better and better in yeah. – 
uh, uh, the preseason. He has clearly earned his spot on the roster. He was playing in the fourth quarter, but also, like, you know, Sharif Miller had to be out there, which I get. It was Sharif's below him, but either way. Hall was out there for a little bit in the fourth quarter, which is a little odd. Sweat wasn't, but Sweat's also more injury-prone, so I'm not surprised, surprised that you wanted to kind of hold Sweat from from playing some significant snaps in a game that doesn't matter. Both Sweat and Hall make the roster. Uh, they'll be edge four and edge five. And then the question is, Sharif Miller, is he going to be edge six right. and make the team? That's one that's a question mark. And really what you have to acknowledge there is like, we either are keeping him because we really believe that he his development matters, or we're going to expose him to waivers and he's almost undoubtedly going to get picked up by some team. Because this is a nice fourth round pick, mm. right? So like, this is a, a, a good athlete. I'm sure teams would have selected on day three and they're going to have room for him. And so it's definitely... For, I think Miller's going to be really hard to get in the practice squad is the moral of the story. Yeah. I personally wouldn't keep him, but they invested a fourth-round pick in him like four months ago, so I'm not sure how much they've actually changed their minds. Any other takeaways other than pouring one out for Wendell Smallwood and Clayton Thorson, who both were just awful tonight? Josh Adams, too, who at one point I think was relegated to gunner on punts. Yes. It's it's an end of an era for some guys and Thorson's like barely began. He looked like I like I said it on Twitter, he needed to put his brain in a Ziploc bag, put it in the sink with some water, and just let that puppy thaw out for 30 minutes because he's just slow, so slow to process and just doesn't have the arm. He turned a perfect turkey hole shot into a freaking hospital ball. It was it was yeah. bad again for him. That's I mean they got shut out. It was it was a bad performance overall. Any other takeaways from the game itself, which was pretty uneventful other than that? Pouring out for Smallwood, certainly. I think Smallwood's definitely getting cut cut. Josh Adams, I think, is also a poor one out candidate. We would be remiss to not notice on this podcast that Danelle Pumphrey is definitely a poor one out candidate as well. <laughs> the Eagles running back room is set. It's going to be Sproles. It's going to be Clement. It's going to be Sanders, and it's going to be Howard. Those are the four, and it's not going to be any more than that. Quarterback room is also set. Thorson is, I imagine, going to be, get cut and then hopefully be kept onto the practice squad, but that's also not a given. I would imagine he makes it. I'm a little more scared about Miller, but uh, I do think that, that that Thorson makes it onto the practice squad. So, yeah, quarterback set. Running back is set. I think wide receiver is set. Matt Collins is not in danger of being cut. I mean, even yeah. uh, I think he's, he's, he's clearly healthy. He's played the last two games, and he's a big part of their special teams approach. And so accordingly, I think Hollins is going to make it. And then offensive line probably also set. The only way you would not be set at offensive line is if you really feel like you need to keep a 10th because Brandon Brooks is still banged up, in which case Stephen Wisniewski and Nate Herbig are now both inside the conversation. But really what it's most likely to be is going to be nine, the starting five, Andre Dillard, Jordan Mailata, Matt Pryor, and how to believe I do by tie, and that'll be your nine going in. So offensively, yeah, we're pretty much set at every position except for tight end. Mm-hmm. Tight end is a weird one, and the reason tight end is weird is because we don't really know what's going on with Richard Rogers, right? Because if Rogers has a short term injury, then he's rostered. If he's a long term injury, then he's IR, and there's a roster spot temporarily open. If he's really long term injury, then maybe he's cut with an injury settlement, right? He, he's waived with injury, yeah. And then there's a roster spot open. So two out of the three realities, there's a roster spot. One, there isn't, but we don't have good clarity on his injury and the longevity of it. And we also know that they, you know, he was injured last year and they brought him back. They clearly want him to be a thing. And so you're definitely looking at Dallas Scott. You're definitely looking at Zach Ertz. Josh Perkins is the titular tight end three. Listen, Alex Ellis is a very, like, like, play him on week one. God, no, I don't want to. But in terms of, 
physical tools and the growth that he's shown i remember watching him in camp last year and being like what is this human being yeah they, this they, significant improvement in terms of year two he's clearly gotten better so i don't know he's a guy that i want to keep around tight end is the tough room to figure out yeah patriots are gonna snipe and we'll talk more about roster predictions after the break but we do want to get to what's been on the tip of everyone's tongue the toast of the timeline Jadavion Clowney wants to be an eagle per reports who doesn't <laughs> he wants to maybe be a Seahawk uh he's also met with the Dolphins the reports are that Washington and the New York Jets have spoken with the Texans about acquiring the former first overall selection and three-time pro bowler who in my opinion is coming off his best season as a pro but there's more than a few things to unpack here regarding Clowney and I really haven't been able to sound off on this so excuse me Ben but uh the Eagles when they look at this guy they have to look at certain things so I mean there's mm-hmm. the quote unquote motor concern with him floating around the timeline sometimes and I'll tell you I think that's entirely a holdover from the pre-draft process which by the way his final season for the Gamecocks he played through a sports hernia when he honestly didn't even have to play a down when it concerned his draft stock and when I watched his film from last year I saw non-stop hustle man making plays outside of the core of the formation chasing guys downfield I don't see that as an issue now I'll say this if you're concerned about a guy with work ethic concerns in his past or rumored work ethic concerns, and I don't know what to believe in that regard, but if that's a concern for you, then yes, it does scare you that he had, again, in my opinion, his best season as a pro when he was fighting for a new contract. I won't dismiss that entirely, not saying that I'm necessarily worried about it, but again, I'm not plugged into his daily routine or his brain, and I don't know. Mike, if you're not bringing direct <laughs> insights into Jadavian Clowney's working mind, what are you bringing to the podcast. I mean, a lot of people are bringing it to the timeline pretty recklessly right now. It, it's- I'm shocked. <laughs> Let me tell you, I am just slack-jawed that people know what's been going on in Jadavian Clowney's head for the last five, seven years of his life. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll tell you this, though. What I did see from Clowney from his film is some technical advancements in his game last year. And those advancements, they don't come without working pretty hard on your craft. So I'm not really worried about that. Uh, I'll also add, if you're concerned about his injury history, the torn lateral meniscus in his knee in 2014, the microfracture on that same knee required months later after complications, the two arthroscopic surgeries on his knee after the 2016 and 2017 seasons. I really don't know what to say. I'm not Dr. Chow. I'm not pro football doc. Oh boy, but I do love it when you say lateral meniscus, let me tell you. <laughs> well, look, there there is a history to be aware of any team trading for him would obviously want to check that out and will check that out. So I'll leave that to the professionals. Uh, I did think it was odd in this whole saga with the, with the Texans that they tried to franchise Clowney as a linebacker, which would cost them almost $2 million this year. And if they tagged him a second time, which they could, would cost him another $2 million the following year. So almost $4 million. So I don't blame Clowney for not signing that. And I'm not sure why the NFLPA hasn't filed the grievance yet per Albert Breer. And I also don't think that he's going to a team that's saying that's what we want to pay you and that's all we'll pay you for this year is that franchise tag as a linebacker because it's costing him money but he's not a linebacker i mean when we talked about him in the preview we were like falling over ourselves praising him for how well he plays as like a mike linebacker and how inconvenient he is but like PFF charted him on the line for 853 of his 974 snaps. It's slightly over 10% of his snaps that he played at linebacker, mostly in rundown situations, so he could go wreak havoc and shoot gaps. You know what would solve this problem? What's that? Using the edge designation permanently at the NFL level. How have they not? How have they not? They started at the combine, so it's you know, it's going to happen here. I don't understand how the NFL is behind draft Twitter on these things. Like, all of draft Twitter. That's insane to me. That shouldn't happen. Dude. I mean, so the thing with Clowney is, yes, the linebacker situation and that move in general is is absurd, 
insulting. It's ridiculous. a middle finger. Yeah. Okay. Right. And Clowney is going to get unbelievably paid. Yeah. Right. Because mm-hmm. like, uh, like the second Clowney became available, like it was known that he was going to move on from Houston. 31 defensive coordinators were waiting at 31 general managers office with like a, you know, a large coffee and a box of donuts being like, Hey, yeah. got something to talk to you about. It's this young man, six, five, two sixty five, doesn't get blocked. He might be interesting for our team, you know? And, and so the thing with Clowney is, and this is something that we've discussed. Uh, I, I've definitely written about it. I'm not sure uh, how well it's been discussed on the podcast. I think I've talked about it in the podcast. It is so prohibitive to trade for him. Even if he says he wants to play here, which like, right. yeah, if your options are Miami and Philadelphia, you probably want to play in Philly. <laughs> but the, the 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 fact that he number one needs to agree to sign the franchise tender, mm-hmm. and he has to play under it this year, so mm-hmm. he's not even going to get what he wants. And then you have to either have an extension in place with him the moment you sign him, which I, again cannot include this year; it can include later years, or. Uh, you have to gamble on the fact that potentially he's not going to sign with you. He's going to hit free agency. And that's the thing is like every team right now that is trying to trade for Clowney, that wants to trade for Clowney, namely the team I'm thinking of is the Miami Dolphins. Dolphins have over $100 million to throw at Clowney next year when he has free agency. You know what I mean? And so like the bag is coming for Clowney regardless. Mm-hmm. Whether It's going to be next year. It doesn't matter where he lands this year. He's going to get a bag from somebody next year. So, and, and man, honestly, would a guy with the knee issues that I already documented, would he want to play under a one-year contract this year? Why right. Why would he? And then also, and this is the point that BLG brings up all the time, making yeah, forever rain. Clowney's going to come here and be edge two? Like, is, what's the snap count going to be like? Is that right? right? No. Is that right, though? Like, I feel like he could probably be edge one. Right, edge one. So you're, what, you're telling Brandon Graham, who you just signed to an extension, like, no, you're only going to take 55% of the snaps, no. 70% of the snaps with Clowney? No, you're playing him on the opposite side, and Barnett's the one that kind of takes the hit there. Right, and they, and so now Barnett, who, you know, you drafted two years ago, 14th overall pick, no, 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 no. we're going to replace, we're going to trade, you know, uh, a significant pick and probably a significant player to replace you and to put you in a rotational role again. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's it's a hard sell in a, in a defensive line room, specifically an edge room, that's been told for a long time, hey, you're deep, you're great, you're going to be good. Like, as, 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 again, BLG well brings up, Chris Long ain't want to play for this team because the number of snap count, the number of snaps he's going to get. Right. So there already weren't enough snaps to feed all the mouths. And now you're going to introduce you to David Clowney? Like, <laughs> you know, and Clowney's going to be happy with what he gets here? You know what I mean? Like, right. Clowney clearly is, is at least okay with the idea of not playing football this year. And so he might want to come play for Philly, but I don't know if playing time has been promised to him or if he's just a, a, a little bit presumptuous as to how much he's going to get. So there are multiple obstacles here. Yeah. The important thing to know. And then you also have to send things. Like you also have to trade actual stuff. So there's just, there's, to me, there's too many bumps to get over. I'm not surprised how he tested the waters. This is Howie Roseman. He tests the waters. It's what he does. But man, I don't, I, it's a tough sell for yeah. me. And I, and I mean, I love to have him here. And I, and I see people on the timeline saying, hey, he's never had a 10 sack season. He's had two consecutive nine plus sack seasons. Like I, I, I don't care about any of that. The guy covered Darren Sproles on an angle route on the goal line against the Eagles. Yeah. It was incomplete. He had great coverage. Like how do you stay with a guy like that at your side? The man's a freak. Okay. But what would make you, Ben, personally comfortable with trading for Clowney? Because I'll say this. If it's a first round pick, it is absolutely Super Bowl or bust. 
especially right. if they don't plan on resigning him or don't end up resigning him and all they get back is a compensatory pick in the third round, which by the way, right. as much as we obsess as a fan base over these extra picks and the formula and all that, that's a pick around the hundreds. That in no way to me justifies letting a first round pick fly and maybe a second round pick is the asking price. Then, okay, are you are you downgrading your pick from probably 60 to around 100? I don't know. Then it becomes a little more interesting conversation for me. But if it's even less than that, which I'm hearing some people say, and I really don't know what to believe in, yeah, then screw rolling them over the cap space. You're going to end up with a really good football player for at least a year for a negligible pick swap. No brainer to me, pull the trigger. But basically, the cap isn't real until you try and trade for Jadavion Clowney. The long-term cap ramifications that we've already kind of alluded to here are huge on this one. And the Eagles are already crossing their fingers and praying for relief in 2021 when the new CBA is negotiated. If they do this, they are 100%, no question, all in on this year. And the higher the compensation that they dole out, the more chips They've pushed in on this year, and I would not ignore that. And essentially, you can't justify, to me, mortgaging your future by shipping out high draft capital picks and not win a Super Bowl. And then go, oh, well, at least we got this pick in the hundreds so we can draft, gee, I don't know, Josh Huff, Jalen Watkins, Matt Barkley, or Curtis Marsh, which are all players that were drafted around that same area. The hit rate is let's too not, low. Let's not, let's not go around disparaging Curtis Marsh, if you don't mind. I'm just saying. The, the draft rate is so low, and the Eagles have been better at drafting that posi- in that position lately, but like, come on. like the, the historical hit rate is just it's just bad. And I agree that you should give yourself more swings at the plate with draft picks and all that, but this is, is not that. Ben, is there any situation? Like I said, the only situation I'm comfortable with is if – the rumors about it being like a third right. or a fourth because the Texans have no leverage and Clowney will sign a deal, a one-year deal with us, which I really doubt. That's the only situation that I'm comfortable with. Is there any situation that you see happening where the Eagles could get this done and you'd be okay with it? There's like two, a rock and a hard place in the sense of like you're not sending a one right? too much. Yep. Once you start getting below a three and below a four, it's weird because the Texans won't recoup a compensatory selection mm-hmm. from Clowney hitting free agency unless he plays. Um, don't quote me on that. I'm 78% sure, right? Like <laughs> you, you can't hold out for a whole year and then hit free agency and get paid and they get a comp pick. I'm pretty sure you have to actually play. That makes sense. And I think, well, I mean, the, the whole, well, I mean, no, I know I'm right because if he doesn't play under the tag, the tag just re- resets. Right. Like, you know, he, he's got to go back to Houston. They solve his rights. Okay. So yeah. So that's kind of your rock in a hard place. I posit that like my asking price, like what I bring to the table is, listen, the base of my deal is going to be a third. Mm. If you want Nelson Aguilar, if you want, you know, they say they want to add a wide receiver to the stable. Yeah. Okay. If you want Nelson Aguilar, Nelson Aguilar in a third, let's talk about Go it. Anything it. else you want from draft capital wise has got to be either conditional accelerator or completely conditional right. in terms of. I'm guaranteeing that he's playing for me, and I guarantee he's playing significant snaps for me. And this is specifically for Philadelphia, yep. um, because of, because of the, the 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 amount of bodies that are there. You also have a guy with injury history. And you protect yourself from that a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. I will say, and this is a, a critical note, and not something I think you said incorrectly, just something that I want to I want to specify. Go for it. If they trade for Jadavian Clowney, then it is Super Bowl or bust. I agree. Mm-hmm. We have to be careful. We have to be cautious of assuming the converse is true, which I saw on the internet today. 
Like, you know, if um. the Eagles really were all about the Super Bowl, <laughs> they would trade for Jadavian Clowney. Because this is a great team, by the way. This is a top three consensus yeah. team by media analysis, smart people outside of the Philadelphia area. I agree with you. This isn't like saying, throw right. your hands yeah. up, yeah, we'll yeah, wait yeah. next year. <laughs> I, I want to know where the Eagles offer for Tom Brady was this offseason then. You know what I mean? Like, if they really wanted to win, why aren't they getting the winningest quarterback? Like, that's the thing. You know what I mean? Right. Like, agree. At, like, like, think about it with, like, Golden Tate, right? Like, when it was Golden Tate, like, all right, the Eagles passing offense is going to be fixed because they've had a Golden Tate. Well, mm. the issue with that is you still need to integrate. You still need to handle, you know, getting him involved in the offense for Clowney's involved in the defense, setting things up correctly, so on and so forth. So, I mean, it, it, it's there's a lot of levels to it. It's not nearly as easy as it seems to just add in Clowney. The defense will be better, but the, to what degree, how much of your future will you have to mortgage, so on and so forth. I will say you, you're you getting the third round comp, compensatory pick back, yep. I'm assuming next year mm-hmm. when he leaves. And so that can make it, you know, good in terms of sending the three because you you you're sending the three as part of the deal because then you hypothetically get it back. Of course, as we know, you can't just assume comp picks are going to be neat. Uh, you know, the Eagles right now are not going to get a fourth back because they're going to keep both LJ Four and Andrew Sandejo at least on the initial 53 man roster. They may end up getting it if they cut Sandejo early or whatever. But the like the thing is like you can't just say and they get a, a third round comp pick back. It's not as clean as that. That's true. So, Ben, before we go to break and we transition to some roster predictions, a percentage on what you think the Eagles' chances at acquiring Jadavion Clowney? Um, Let me ask you this. Mm. At any given time in the world, what's the percent chance of Howie Roseman trading for a player? 100% because he always at least makes the call. Okay, then like 100%. You know what I mean? Like It's like whatever whatever percent... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, that's that. This is about. I, I, this is how I tweeted this out. I said yeah. the chance the Eagles trade for Clowney is whatever percent, like whatever level of you never count on Howie yeah. plus nothing else. Like that's <laughs> just what it is. Like it's like the Howie Roseman factor. You got to adjust to Roseman, and then that's it. Like up yeah. from zero. You know what I mean? Like like that. That's where they are. I think it's far, 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 far more likely that it's Miami. Yeah, I, I agree especially if Miami's moving Laramie Tunsil, which would be unbelievably stupid. But that's a different yeah. conversation. Absolutely. And there are reports on both sides. They're saying Tuntle's being, you know, put out there. Tuntle's not being put out there. So we'll see how this situation unfolds. And of course, if anything happens, we'll have you covered here at Bleeding Green Nation. And when we come back here on BGN on the Kiss and Solak show, we will talk about some roster predictions because Saturday, August 31st, 4 p.m. is when those are due for the Eagles. We'll talk about it coming up next. And we are back here on the Kissed and Solak show episode 113. Did I say one? Yeah, 113 here on Bleeding Green Nation brought to you by SB Nation as well. Michael Kissed here with Benjamin Solak. Let's talk about some, some roster cut downs here, how the Eagles will get to 53. And we kind of alluded to some earlier. I think the tight end situation with Alex Ellis is interesting. I think most of the discussion is going to be on the defensive side of the ball. And that's, do they keep Sharif Miller? Uh, the linebacker situation, you know, preseason darling Alex Singleton from the CFL versus regular season villain Nate Gary. How does that unfold? How wow. many how many locks do you have? Because I think you're, you're writing up a prediction for the 53-man roster for BleedingGreenNation.com, right? Yeah, it's up. Oh. Uh, it was up preseason. Yeah, it was up pregame. I have 50 locks wow. on a 53-man roster, which is, you know, Bunkers. like... A bit. Uh, it's several. Here, there's so, so this is where I am right now. I have three safeties locked, and I know they're going to take four, right? Mm. I have three tight ends locked, 
and I really, really think they're going to take four, and it's going to be Richard Rodgers. That one, I'm not positive you add another body to that one. I'm positive you add a fourth safety. Uh, and then the only other spot, uh, the, the other spots where I might have an open idea, I have five linebackers right now, and they might take six. I have five corners, and they might take six. And as you said, it's defense that's the interesting spot, and a lot of it is because of potential injury, right? So we have... On the bubble for me are TJ Edwards, the linebacker. On the bubble is Orlando Scandrick, the corner. On the bubble, I have Jonathan Cyprian and Rudy Ford, the mm. safeties. And on the bubble, I have uh, Richard Rogers, Richard Rogers, the tight end. So those are kind of the big bubble players that I think will be interesting. Greg Ward and Mark and Michelle might be bubble guys because they might want to carry six wide receivers. But even then, they would probably look to improve those guys. Steven Wisniewski and Nate Herbig might be bubble players if they mm. really want to hold on to 10, but I don't think they will. And with Wiz, it makes more sense to cut him and then sign him back anyway because then the salary is not guaranteed. So, yeah, because you're, what has he got? $1.6 million saved by cutting Wiz. He was a disappointment last year. Seemed disgruntled yeah. about losing his job. The Eagles brought him back, and he's been right. a disappointment in preseason too. Well, it's not even so much about the disappointment, like his his, his quality of play or his save, saving the money. His Because he's a vet man contract, it's guaranteed if he's on the roster week one, and it's not if he's brought back after the 53-man cuts. Uh, okay. And so you can cut him. If he clears waivers, re-sign him, and then he's just getting money on game checks. It's not guaranteed money, he's which I would still be coming from game checks. I mean, you love that, but you have two options. Don't yeah. play and make no money or play and make money. It's which, not great, but it, you know, yeah. it, it gives you the ability to move on from him if and when Brandon Brooks comes back healthy. Who, who do you think they ultimately just, just decide there between Herbig yeah. and, uh, and Wiz, or do they keep nine or ten? I think they, they, I think they keep nine. I think mm. that you know Brooks is, is like back not back question mark but you right. put halupulivati vitae in at right guard you have matt Pryor who can play both guard spots you can kick sam all inside if there's a center injury prior for both guard injuries and then you have dillard for both tackles my who you'll never cut ever because you need to keep him um so that's how i approach offensive line which then allows me to hold on to a fourth tight end which i really think the eagles need to do let's not forget dallas goddard isn't like a healthy person right now i mean we they expect him being ready for week one but that's not locked in and then, you know, they're running so much 12 personnel, you really do need to have four tight ends. Six linebackers, even though the Eagles don't play a ton of base linebacker set, you have injury with Nigel Bradham, you have injury with Camus Grugier-Hill, uh, LJ Fort, Nate Gary are backups. So TJ Edwards, undrafted free agent out of Wisconsin, most likely player to make the 53-man roster of all those UDFAs that people get excited about. He's the one who, who looks like he's going to stick. And then uh, fourth safety. Hold on, over, over the hero of the night. Alex Singleton. This I love style. Alex. Listen, Alex Singleton <laughs> is hilarious, and I'll tell you why. Because Singleton makes these plays, and he makes these faces when he gets up in these plays, and he like reacts to the camera, and he like shrugs his shoulders as if like like he's got this like sort of vibe. It's like you should have asked about me. It's like I've they don't know this. who you are, Alex. I've, I've, I've done all of this in Canada. This is nothing new to me. That's what he looks right. like. It's crazy. But no, it's but like awesome. it's like it's like, like how dare you test me? Like like you know with this like screen pass. Like Alex, they don't Davis know wins. you, right? Like they, the the opposing coaches. I promise you could not identify you out of a crowd they do not know what your name is how could they test me like this i what i will say is that alex singleton is clearly going for the preseason career record of special teams tackles i really appreciate that uh he's got some gusto to him and that's a good deal he looks like a special teams player like the special teams player he, he's got the hair going and everything he's great he probably can't cover with the salt i really haven't watched a whole lot of his coverage reps but like he's just like that guy to me He'll plug some. He'll plug some holes in the run game, and he'll go beat you up on special teams. But outside of that, he's just a fan favorite for the hair and the crazy attitude, which which I love about him. But so you think he's out? You think T.J. Edwards is in? 
which is interesting, and they carry six. Do I have that correct? Yes, uh, okay. that would be six of the linebacker, and then they're definitely carrying a fourth safety. Mm. You know, Ooh. Jason Thompson had the sick punch today, that nice yeah. little forced fumble. That was a lot of fun. Uh, so your your battle is between Jonathan Cyprian, Rudy Ford, Trey Elston, Jason Thompson, DeAndre Hall. Trey Sullivan is gone. Pour one out for Trey Sullivan. Rest in peace. Mm. Uh, to I me, will not, I will not waste good alcohol on Trey Sullivan. Go ahead. Though. Here's the thing. Here's why I think it's Rudy Ford. I think it's Rudy Ford. And it's Ooh. because all of these guys were already in the building and then they traded a sixth round pick for Rudy Ford. Mm. Right. So like if one of these guys, they were like, yeah, we're cool with this guy being our safety for that'll be a good time. I don't really think you make the trade for Rudy Ford. Right. Mm. But if you're like, listen, can somebody in the name of God, please just like be here and be a body who's not awful. That would be great. Then you go trade for Rudy Ford, and so I think it's between Ford and Cyprian. I and, I, and like honestly, couldn't care less. Probably Rudy Ford. Mm. Yeah. Wow. That so is safety four is the spot. I don't know That's who's getting thing. it, but I know it's going to be there. What about corner six? Did you did you say who corner six was going to be? That's, I don't have a lot of corners. Right. So I don't have corner six because wow. you go with five players. Uh, you're hoping Darby is healthy for week one. Right, he's been been doing physical stuff, being yeah. in practice, not in eleven elevens, but he's been practicing for uh, a few weeks now. You've got Rasul Douglas, Sidney Jones, Avante Maddox. Right, all of these uh, Jones and Maddox can play both inside and outside. Cravon LeBlanc, you roster him, but he's still in a walking boot, as we know. Mills on the PUP list, so mm-hmm. you're rolling with potentially only four healthy corners. But let's not forget Malcolm Jenkins. Basically another nickel corner. Can play nickel, yep. Yeah, so you should be able to be chill, even if you don't have Ronald Darby for the first couple of games. Mm. If you really feel like you need another body, then you got to bring in Orlando Skandrick, and you got to hold on to him. Now you're almost definitely going with four with five linebackers and you're not signing Edwards or Singleton. So that's like the, that's to me 50 locks, and the moving pieces are safety, corner, linebacker. If you can get all three, try to get all three, but you probably have to keep four tight ends, in which case you got to give up one of those three. Hmm. So there you go. Do you have a guy that you love that you have the Eagles cutting that you want them to prioritize putting on the practice squad that maybe we like isn't like a name that we know is going to be on there, like a Clayton Thorson or if Greg Ward doesn't know it, we know he's not going to be on there. It's like an outside guy that's like your ninth or ten guy that you just love that you want to stick, but you're not quite sure. Absolutely. Which I've <laughs> been tweeting about him every single day. Can I guess? Yes. Kevin Wilkins. That is correct. Do you watching him? <laughs> yeah, listen, he's been doing awesome. Listen, okay, and let's be very honest with one another. <laughs> Kevin Wilkins will probably never be able to rush the passer in the history of his life. Correct. Okay, he explosiveness is just not in his vocabulary. All right, but he's got some, you know, like bowling ball power. Right, he's able to push the peak of the pocket, so the bare minimum we need for an NFL player. But dude, in the running game. He's fantastic. He's Tremendous. disruptive. He's upfield. He can shed. He can read through blocks. I think he's thrilling. I think he's a really good time. He's clearly practice squad eligible for sure. Ben, I think that's going to do it for our recap show of the 0-6 to six week 4 preseason action. Talk some clowny. We talked some roster predictions, so we'll see what unfolds Saturday. We'll have you covered here at BGN. But for now, Ben, I mean, I want to throw out there that BGN has some really Really exciting things coming our way this year that we have not announced yet, that we cannot announce yet, but I am chomping at the bit to get this stuff all wrapped up before the season and announce it to you, gentle listener. So keep an ear to the ground and hopefully you can't we'll wait get to that see what to they you. are. I don't know what they are. <laughs> I know you don't. I'm keeping you in the dark, Ben. But yeah. say goodbye to the gentle listeners. Hey, so 
Thank you for listening. This was the final preseason recap show of the 2019 preseason. This is what Michael and I do to earn the other fun stuff that we get to do for the other 11 months of the year. (laughs) We are very excited to bring in the regular season during which time good football players will play the sport they are professionally paid to play. The quality of the product will be strong. Uh, the takes will not be nearly... As, that's not true. The takes will be as fast and as rampant. Correct. The points will matter, and we will have legitimate takeaways. Everything will be real, and it will be beautiful. <laughs> It'll be our second year here on the uh, on BGN Radio, on the feed. We had an extraordinary year one, and we are excited for year two, especially because the Eagles are a very good football team that are going to win many games. Even though they went like one and three in this preseason or something like doesn't that. Matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Uh, we love you. We are friends. <laughs> oh, <damn. laughs> Record, uh, rate, review the show. Thank yeah. you. And goodbye. We all we got. We all we need. Fly, Eagles, fly. They should really keep the nail pump for don't you think? <laughs>